Canadian Prepper Podcast, recorded May 2nd, 2019. My name is not Eric. Eric has decided with his legions of fans that he is uh, too good for us at this time. He's going to wait, get his makeup on, maybe. Come back and uh, join us when he's ready for his close-up. Anyways, greetings from alternate <laughs> location. My name is Ian, and I live on a small hobby farm. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sports shooter, reloader, and my farm designated handyman. Uh, I'm Alan. My friends call me a safety nerd. Uh, my background as a first responder has focused my mind keenly on safety. I teach first aid, coach my family and friends to be better prepared. I'm a locksmith by trade. I've worked in the physical security industry for more than 20 years now. I'm Gavin. I'm an instructor with Ragnarok Tactical, a CCFR field officer for the GTA, a volunteer first responder, and a regular panelist on the other CPP, which is Canadian Patriot Podcast and a conspiracy theorist and all-around swell guy. <laughs> so we've, uh, I got to get that joke in here before Eric shows it up. We've ex- <laughs> some extremely mobile content for you in this episode. We're going to start off with some news re- articles related to the preparedness and the outdoors. And next, we'll be letting you know how we pre- improved our preparedness since our last episode. Then we'll get into the main topic for the episode, outfitting your vehicle with an eye on preparedness. So, Alan, you got some news? Um, yeah, the Venezuelan government, um, in the never-ending saga there, has started using military force against its own citizens. Uh, the article that I linked to, which was from the CBC, um, relates to a skirmish around the Spanish embassy, I believe, which killed four, injured almost 300, which included and included more than 200 detained. Um, the it, It's, oh, it's a mess. Um, some of the videos coming out of there are just absolutely horrific. Um, and this is what happens when the citizens turn in their guns. Interestingly enough, did you see that one with the uh, the tank running over the citizens? That was yes. a tank, the grandiose yeah. term for uh, for an armored vehicle. But anyway, yeah. yeah, it was pretty ridiculous, nonetheless. Yep, yeah, it's uh, they were just you know when the when the the firepower isn't effective enough, you just run it through the crowd and see what happens. Yeah, well, I mean, when they can't shoot back, why waste your bullets, right? Why waste your bullets over them? Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's a good uh, good case for civilian ownership of a rocket launcher at that point. I guess absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and like gas for them is cheap. Like Venezuela has got one of the world's largest, if not the world's largest, I guess, depending how you look at it, oil reserve. So, like, they could just keep refilling that thing up and just keep driving over people. Yeah, bullets know. cost money. Yep. Yeah. 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 Gas and life is cheap in Venezuela, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, no. In, in all seriousness, it, it is a good, in, uh, good modern day example of you know, confis- or registration does lead to confiscation. Confiscation leads to tyranny. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of a, it's been repeated about a hundred times now, at least. I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, but none of those were real communism. <laughs> none of them. No. Real communism has never been tried. I know. But <laughs> so, anyways, well, I got a couple. Of us. I've got um, the Alberta Premier tables turn off the taps legislation. So uh, soon after uh, Mr. Kinney became uh, Premier of Alberta, I think the uh, they call it proclaiming it because basically they, they're unopposed uh, vote-wise. So the uh, introduced legislation that doesn't mean they're going to turn off the taps. This means they have the, the ability to now. So uh, this should put some pressure on uh, some oil pipeline construction for sure. Yeah. Well, that's uh, potentially good news then. Yeah. Well, I mean, it uh, will help uh, boost the economy in Alberta, which, of course, boosts the transfer payments and then boosts the whole country's economy. Well, it was just no, released the other day that uh, the Canadian, the Canadian economy as a whole shrunk for the what, third quarter in a row or something that puts us right on the brink of a recession. Yeah, thanks, JT. Yep. <laughs> uh, the other one I was going to mention, I just put a link in there for the Calgary blizzard that happened recently. Um, 
the link itself that I included was actually has a really cool video clip of somebody driving down the highway towards Banff and it shows what only looks like zombie land with all the cars in the ditch. It's amazing just uh, how many people just careened right into the ditch as soon as the snow fell, which is unusual for Alberta drivers that would be used to that, you would think, right? Yeah. I just hope it's not like that when I make that drive in two, two, two and a half months. Well, when I did, I lived in Calgary in July and we had snow. Mind you, I was there in December and we golfed. So it just depends on the Chinooks and the weather. Of the yeah. Day. Alberta has some very, very strange weather that doesn't make any sense. Especially, especially to environmentalists. <laughs> yeah. <Mario DiCaprio. laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you can't, can, you know, figure out between global warming and a Chinook, that's a, that's a problem. Wow. But uh, the good news is about Calgary, if you don't like the weather, just wait an hour and it'll change. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other one I was going to mention was emergency preparedness week again is coming up here in a few days and I put a different link in there for some uh, more publications for those starting out in preparedness so not everybody's an expert that comes on and listens to the show so it's a uh, government website just some basic outlines really crappy videos for uh, you know kind of insults your intelligence with uh, how to put together some kits but at least they do have some documentation on there that shows you how to get started which is always a good thing and everything you do is better than nothing um, yep. On that on that line yesterday was uh, International First Responders Day. So to all of the first responders out there, I appreciate your service. Thank you for doing what you do, and especially to the volunteers who do it because they want to, not because there's some kind of monetary reward at the end for it. Well, okay. Yeah, if we're gonna, yesterday if, also kicked off uh, Stop the Bleed Month, too. Yes. So. Okay, if we're going to do anniversaries, then just in case our friend Benny is listening, today is Yev HaShoah, which is Holocaust Remembrance Day. So, I mean, again, another good example. Don't tune, your, tune in your guns. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, um, it's also uh, yesterday was uh, the, the the dead day for Osama. Oh, well, there you go. Or, yeah. And and Mayday. lesser, yeah, May Day, not quite as fun of a holiday for some yeah. people. Yeah, Ce- celebrating the glorious uh, revolution of workers, so to speak. It's the the communists, uh, July first, basically. Yeah, hundred million people worldwide. I think is the total. I, yeah. Not that I'm, not that there's a you know anyone keeping track, but yeah. Ah, well, before we get too bogged down in the politics. <laughs> Let's go <laughs> to what we've done lately. We're getting off topic. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what we've done lately for preps. Uh, so I guess I'll start off with, I uh, didn't get a whole lot done this week. Unfortunately, my daughters decided to uh, put our, our talk about hygiene to the test. They brought home some sort of weird bug from school, and we got to have our own little taste of amoebic dysentery or something going on around the house. So, Did you have yeah. enough tickets? And I did, and the good news is, is that I thought we could keep this episode clean now. But oh, yeah. uops. Uh, that's right. But no, it's interesting about the whole washing your hands, being very sensitive with you know what you're leaving behind and everything else. Yeah. Just like you don't want to spread sickness, so come on now. Yeah. And it worked out well. We kind of mitigated the uh, the illness running around the the family. So interesting. Well, I mean, it's a good thing you're not on the Oregon Trail, otherwise you would have died in dysentery. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it was pretty pretty nasty stuff there we for school. Um, so this is a bit of spring cleaning on the farm. So I was basically per- picking up burnable debris, you know, left over from the, the trees coming down over the winter, got rid of the excess trash, uh, did a little more reloading. Uh, this because this is a slow time for the shooting. And and then I replaced some fruit. Off the, I'll say, quote unquote, extreme weather we had over the winter time. Um, extreme for us, normal for you guys. But uh, anyway, so I had to replace some temperature sensitive trees. And then next week is our big uh, farming event. Uh, we have alpaca, alpaca, uh, alpaca shearing day coming up next week where I get a bunch of friends to come over and pretend to be farmers for the day. And we all kind of have a barbecue afterwards. It turns into a little social event. Cool. They all get to make sweaters out of the shearings. 
uh, usually ugly Christmas jumpers if we can help it. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's the, the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm. Uh, it's been hard on the PT train. It's it's been a lot of training over the last. You're going to hear that. That's going to be a broken record for the next uh, year or so. Um, hard on the PT train. I am since the uh, actually since the physical fitness in uh, preparedness podcast. I'm actually down 14 pounds, and nice. all and, uh, and I've I've cracked an eight minute mile. So that's uh, that makes me happy. Uh, I've got a conference coming up this weekend, which is going to be cool of all, which is be full of all kinds of new uh, new toys. Uh, and um, I've started to uh, learn a little bit about um, stocking and using essential oils for basic home remedies and such. Yeah, I'm always interested in that uh, as well. Uh, have you, uh, you know, what's your favorite essential oil so far? Like, what's uh, what have you learned so far? Um, I've learned that if I put a few drops of peppermint in my coffee in the morning, it tastes a little bit better. That's that's what I've gotten so far. I like to cook most of my foods in bacon, which is an essential oil. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yep. <laughs> certainly a food yeah. group, I'm pretty sure. That's kind of my favorite thing to do is you cook the bacon and then yeah. crack the eggs into the bacon grease. Oh, yeah. That's phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's an essential oil for keto. So, yeah, yeah there we go. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about a, another food group, I got to turn on the camera for a sec. Hopefully, my internet doesn't die. But, I mean, how could you not go with this essential uh, food group? Pork rinds. Pork rinds. Yeah. Yep. I've got a couple of bags of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yourself, uh, oh. Gavin? Well, I guess I, uh, this, this previous weekend, I've taught 27 new people to stop the bleed curriculum. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So I also learned how to make my own cheese with delicious results and uh, nice. in the process of building another gun, allegedly. Oh, I got a cheese question for you. So is hard or soft cheese or was there like an actual recipe to follow or how did that work? Yeah, so I, I went with my girlfriend to the one of a kind show in Toronto recently, and they had one of those guys that sells the make your own cheese kits. Cool. And I was like, yeah, I could probably do that. Like, I really like cheese and being on keto, I eat a lot of cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we just bought one of those. And like, it's super easy. We just made mozzarella. Um, but super, super easy. Like, you know, it only really takes 30 40 minutes to do and then you got to let it sit for a few hours but super easy we even kind of screwed it up a little bit but still ended up with cheese um that's the happy little story there yeah it was good it worked well with my little homemade garden we made like a little you know homemade caprese salad with the cheese and the tomatoes and the the basil so that's uh that's fantastic yeah self-reliance personified right yeah are you doing an sm build or is this like a from scratch thing with the uh uh yeah no it's totally from from scratch um building like a new seven and a half inch ar um but i know i told you previously but i've had some issue getting some parts so it all comes in time yeah (laughs) Just I'm not pick, in a hurry, but just pick, you know. pick your man, pick your supplier. Like I learned the hard way, right? Yeah, no, I've uh, I've definitely had to add some more uh, retailers to the blacklist. Oh, I think that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had problems with the same retailer, but we don't want to throw them under the bus just yet. But uh, it's oh no, I've totally burned that bridge. I am never ordering from them again. But you know, 
I'll, I'll send you a copy of the blacklist so that you're in the know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, actually, it's kind of like his Tyler from the other podcast. He actually helped me out because I, I ended up with a couple of parts uh, short and he sent them to me uh, free of charge in the mail. This haven't shown yeah. So, yeah, no, Tyler, Tyler is a good guy. I, I actually just had dinner with him this evening. So, ah, there you go. There's so, I guess time to move on to the main topic. So, um, we're going to be talking about basically outfitting your vehicle for the everyday and emergencies. So I divided the topic into three parts. So I guess we can all pitch in whatever you'd like there. Um, so as far as everyday preps with the uh, vehicle, what do you got to say, Al? Um, I have, oh man, what do I have to say? Uh, <laughs> um, the show notes are extensive, so follow along if you uh, if you don't want to listen to my, <laughs> listen to my voice. Um, starts with my EDC kit, what I decided on after playing around with it. I have a couple of pencil cases, which are fairly compact, easy to take with me. I can throw them in my glove box. Um, mostly I put them in my lunch bag so I can take them with me kind of into work and that's it's all really close by. Um, one of those has a multi-tool, a headlamp with extra batteries, some nail clippers, some uh, pair of uh, nitro gloves, um, some phone chargers, just the basic stuff that I kind of use on a regular basis. Uh, some hand sanitizer and I still don't know why I put it in there but I have a small compass I'm never in an area where I don't know where north is but I have a thing that points to north it's Doesn't not matter. a bad thing <laughs> uh, the second the second pencil case has about 50 feet of paracord a uh, magnesium fire starter um, a heavy duty locking like lockback knife uh, some fire starters, which is mostly just Vaseline and cotton balls. Um, some duct tape wrapped around little, you know, various things so that I have duct tape around. Uh, Pelican flashlight and with, with some extra batteries. So that's kind of my secondary use stuff. I don't use it all the time, but it's but I feel better having it nearby. Uh, on top of that, in my um, in my I have a backpack in my car and a duffel bag. The backpack is kind of started out as kind of an adventure bag. Um, my girlfriend and I found ourselves just kind of at random at a uh, tractor pull uh, two summers ago, and I was completely unprepared for just being out for the day, and I felt like an absolute idiot because I had, you know, I had all kinds of stuff in my car for if the worst happens, but I had nothing for if the best happens. So what I so what I put in that bag is a change of socks, underwear, and a clean shirt, which is just a work shirt because well, if I spill my coffee, I don't want to look like a bag of toys for the rest of my work day. Uh, a water bottle. There are lots of places to um, fill it, but it's also a stainless bottle, so I can boil water if I need to, or use a um, use a life straw, which is also in there. I keep my passport in there because it's, you know, I live close enough to the border and we have a tendency to just kind of find ourselves in places where we're jumping across. Um, notepad and a few pencils, uh, a deck of cards, and some and a, a little fold-up kind of travel checkers. Um, worst case scenario, I need, or not worst case scenario, but an average scenario, I just need to wait for daylight to figure out where I'm going, what I'm doing, so something to pass the time along the way. Uh, I have a small first aid kit in there. Um, I also have some rain gear and a life straw. Um, after our water episode, I'll be changing it to Sawyer's uh, when I use these. In addition to my backpack, I have that duffel bag, which has a propane stove, a little single burner stove, and a one-pound tank, um, a couple of sporks, some matches, can opener. Um, every time I stay in a hotel, I grab the um, the coffee, the creamer, the sugar, the tea bag, uh, hot chocolate powder, um, sauces and seasonings that I tend to liberate from condiment stands, um, napkins, 
which can also be used as poo paper because apparently this one's staying clean. Uh, I throw a couple of cans of chunky soup in there just so I've got some, you know, a, a night's worth of food. Some wet ones and some slash personal wipes, a small tarp, um, paracord and some tent stakes so I can turn that tarp into a shelter if I really need to. Uh, a bigger knife, that, the one that's in there is about nine inches long. It's fairly fairly sturdy so I could split wood with it if I really wanted to. And it has a whetstone with it and more fire starters. So that's kind of the kind of the basic stuff. I It's not in the show notes. I also have a small toolbox in my car um, that has a lot of the other things that are mentioned later um, and also some some locksmith specific tools so that should the need arise um, I can service my service my client base from the back of my car instead of the super truck that's that's kind of the basics of what's in what's in my car intentionally now that's that's just the everyday stuff that's just the everyday stuff and I, like, like I said there's there's more in there that that is already covered off elsewhere and you know jumper cables and uh, jumper cables and uh, tire repair stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I just, what I would consider everyday stuff that I have in the vehicle. Um, yeah. First off, you know, maintaining your spare tire is as important as anything. Some people haven't even looked at their spare tire to see. Some people don't even know if they have one, which is kind of a, a thing. Fun, fun <laughs> story. My, uh, we, we had a live out, in the, live out in the country. My, uh, my fiance's car, um, ended up with a flat uh totally my fault she drove over something in the garage and flattened the tire like beyond repair um her car did not come with a spare tire it comes with it comes with an inflator kit but not an actual spare tire yeah that's i think it was a honda the the smallest honda you can buy or something like that or smallest vw you can buy i think it was uh we were looking at that one one time and i was like didn't come with a spare tire just the inflator kit i was like no thanks yep yeah, unfortunately, I'm stuck in that same boat, and I found that out the hard way. I, I literally had had the car less than a week and blew the tire on the highway. Like, not just, like, a slow leak, but, like, a hole in the tire. Wow. Pulled into a parking lot and then went to go just change the tire. I pulled the thing, and, yeah, I look where the spare is, an inflator kit. I was like, well, this isn't going to do me any good <laughs> when there's a massive hole in the tire. Yeah, uh, it's uh, not overly realistic, but of course, uh, so not to get all teased on the tire thing, but yeah, a few episodes ago there, I think I mentioned the uh, spare tire maintenance, just, you know, I was running it down because it's one of those Toyotas, so it's got the tire suspended underneath the, the rear end, yeah. and so I just brought it down, made sure it was like I you know, cleaned off the rim, repainted it, made sure the air pressure was good. Oh, God. Lo- so lo- if you if you have one of those, because this is from experience, yeah. Um, Make sure you have the tool to lower the tire down. And do it a couple of times a year and lubricate that. Yeah, you beat me to it. I was in the middle of nowhere in Utah, and there was a guy coming down the mountain on a busted-ass rim with a giant chunk out of it because he had the spare tire, but he didn't have the tool to drop the spare tire. (laughs) Yeah, that's luckily, what I did. Luckily, one of the guys with us had the same truck and the tool, so we got him fixed up. But the guy with the two girls, or sorry, no, the two guys and the single girl in the truck coming down the mountain at like 10 o'clock at night in the dark that came upon like 20 drunk dudes with handguns strapped to them. They were looking <laughs> at us a little weird, but yeah. And yeah, you were the biggest helpers going, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you yeah, know, I. I- I learned, I learned the hard way that mechanism that mechanism seizes as well. So make sure you run that down a couple of times a year. Spray it. Lithium grease is excellent for yeah. that. Um, 
get, you make sure that it moves freely and then make sure that tire is properly serviced. Yeah, you stole all my thunder. That was no good. So yeah, a few episodes ago, we talked about doing that and it was the uh, first time I've done it in a while. But uh, yeah, no, it's important to do. Like I made sure I got the, have the tools handy, made sure I ran down the tire. Um, so yeah, I also make sure I have on the truck with me a compressor because I do go uh, onto the forestry roads a lot. A flat tire kit, so everything from a puncture repair kit to some of the green goop if you need be. Uh, for myself, I got the big uh, tire iron that's like X-shaped, so you can actually get a little more leverage than the uh, the stock one. Nice. And for my, because I'm a bit of a delicate uh, soul, I guess I put on some uh, dollar store knee pads in there just so I can sit there and kneel down in the, in the rocky soil and uh, and deal with it, get some force onto it. Yeah, Without, or when uh, it's time for a promotion, you know, whatever. You know, either or, like I'm just yep, saying. Ask, uh, ask for a raise, yep. Pull, yeah. thank, pull, thank for pull, your freedoms. Yeah, <laughs> pull a Kamala Harris or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, actually I actually had this discussion with my daughters. They're like, "Well, I you know I just can't even type of thing." I was like, "Well, listen, you know, one of these days you have to learn how to change a tire, and if you can't, maybe you should consider investing in BCAA and sticking to highways because at least that way you can call somebody who can." For the uh, rest of yeah. the for the rest of the country, that's CAA, but because yeah. he, because he's out on the island, it's special. It, it stands for yeah. big commies or something like that, or but you know. Bountiful commies. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but you know, honestly, the uh, um, roadside assistance is not not a bad thing to have because there are some t- there are some things that you just can't fix on the road. Um, I'm not a mechanic by any means, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I also from uh, an old Malibu, and at about four hundred thousand kilometers, the fuel gauge stopped working. So if I wasn't paying attention to the to how many kilometers I'd driven since my last fill up, um, I found myself a couple of times um, stalled on the side of the road waiting for waiting for somebody to deliver gas to me. Um, well, it's yeah. true. Like I mean, some people are if they're driving a well, smart car or whatever, they're not going to be able to put all this stuff in there. So it might be a you know risk versus reward thing. You might as well just pay the hundred bucks a year and just have a guy on call that can come get you. But exactly. if, it's, if it's a snowstorm, he's you're going to be like. 150th in line and you might have to wait eight hours to do it but yeah well, anyway I mean, so when i when i blew that tire like i i went to go change it because i had everything at least i thought to, to do that or at the very least i do keep an air compressor in my car so i could fill my own tire up and not rely on somebody else but uh unfortunately i couldn't but while i was there i actually had to use that little i had one of those battery pack jumper cable things slash air compressor so I helped someone else boost their car while I was waiting for them to come pick me up. So you can still be helpful, even if you don't have the right tool on hand to fix your own problem. That's right. Uh, and it's amazing the difference a fuse can make, too. So usually if you go to Canadian Tire, you oh, can yeah. get a 10-pack uh, of like assorted fuses for your vehicle type, whether it be Toyota or GM or whatever. And they're actually pretty handy because, I mean, it might be the one critical system you need to get moving uh, sure. is the one that's burnt out. And for the sake of a 10-cent fuse, you might as well have it on you. Yep. Um, so we just mentioned jumper cables as well, but there's also the, uh, I think Eric should have been here by now to pipe in on this, but he's got that genius 7,200 battery charger slash, uh, battery booster. And Those so you, things are great. Yeah. So yep, you yeah. yeah. It's like a high yeah. output or high discharge battery with a, a set of uh, jumper cables attached to them. So you can basically just press the, uh, hook it up, press the button and, you know, boost yourself. If there's nobody around that, you know, the regular yeah. booster cables won't work. Or if you yeah, manage, I've always got. I always got cables, but I, I keep one of those in my car because I hate waiting on other people. Well, it, it also if you end up parked in a place where somebody else's car can't reach, um, yeah. my mom my mom does that every single time. I've begged her to back her car in um, more times than I can count, and she won't. And so, if you don't have a thirty foot jumper cable, the way that she parks, you're not going to be able to 
greatness. Um, the, yeah, those battery packs are, are huge, yeah. huge help. Even if you're, even if you do have cables as a secondary, as a secondary. Well, yeah. well I mean, I've even had it where, like, I went out uh, with a, an old girlfriend back in high school to a lookout point in you know the late hours of the the evening, and uh, the, the hey, car would show. Yeah, the car wouldn't start on our way home. But there was another car in the parking lot and I had jumper cables. So I went up to them and go, hey, you know, like, I, I know what's wrong with it. It just needs a boost. Can you can you give me a hand? They're like, oh, we don't have cables. So I'm like, well, I, I do. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, we're really in a rush. I'm like, really? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. like, you're going to leave two people here stranded in the middle of nowhere? Like, so there's, you know, garbage people out there. So. Those battery packs save you so many times because you don't have to worry about that. You just boost yourself and be on your way. Well, yeah, it's a more of a self-reliance thing than, a, you know, depending on others. And plus, you might just be down a forestry road the way. might not be somebody coming along for another month. So it's, it's a good idea to have depending on your situation. I think they go on sale for like $110 or something, um, which sounds steep at first. But when you think of how much one tow costs, yep. it could oh, yeah. itself pretty easily, right? Yep. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're a lifesaver as far as I'm concerned. Like, do not go anywhere, even if you just drive around in the city where there's help everywhere. Just get some. It's it's worth the money. You will use them at some yep. point. Yeah. Either for yourself or somebody else. Yep. Yeah. So uh, some people might think this falls under emergency equipment, but I think it's it should be standard equipment. Um, so just basically a jacket, seasonally appropriate, even maybe a little on the heavy side. A wool toque in case you yeah. get stuck outside changing your tire in the rainstorm. Uh, gloves for cold weather, but also just work gloves in case you are changing that tire or you need to work on something under the engine. It's just nice to have some, you know, leather covered. Yeah, especially when it's wet. Yeah. Yep. Um, which leads me, of course, I might just skip one item here on the the list, but a towel. So if you're out in the in the rain and you're changing your tire, nothing feels better than having a towel inside the vehicle. Yep. So <laughs> we have a towel in there. Uh, that's just an everyday thing I like to have on me. Uh, also for the dog, in case he decides to go swimming in the swamp or whatever, I don't want him to sit on my seat with that uh, swamp water on him. But um, then back to back it up on the duct tape, everything from attaching like the red flag to the wood uh, when you go to the lumber store to, you know, patching something, it's like duct tape is constantly being used. I think I go through about a roll a month out of the truck. Duct so, tape and zip ties oh, make yeah. the world go around. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, I always have at least a couple sporks in the little console between the seats because between the kid snacks I need to have on board at all times and, uh, you know, last minute takeout or if you get something at the grocery store, having a spork seems to save a lot of hassles too. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if I need children. <laughs> I hope they're not yeah. listening right now. They might be. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, roadmap and liquid gus- compass. So, well, you mentioned the compass before, but like, for example, like. I thought you were going to say liquid courage there for a second. <laughs> well, I, I always <laughs> like to have that around, but unfortunately, that yeah. doesn't with the, the vehicle concept today. But um, yeah, so I mean, a couple of times, like, I was thinking of a, a time when you could use it. And when I lived in Southern Ontario, I remember a couple of times when I was in Toronto, I'm sitting there in the middle of suburbia. It's flat. There's, it's overcast. There's no sun. Um, you can't figure out which way is north, south, east, west. And, and then uh, without the roadmap and a compass, it's, it's a little tougher to get going. Especially when the, when the, when the uh, Google Maps is jumping around because of all the tall buildings and everything else. It actually can yeah. come in handy once in a while. So. Um, oh, yeah. I've used my compass more in downtown Toronto than anywhere else. Because, yeah, like you said, like especially when it's overcast and it's tall buildings, so you can't even get your bearings because you can't see a landmark. All it is is just tall buildings. Yeah, and I was thinking, well, CN Tower on the lake one way and, you know, uh, trees the other way. Yeah. No, it doesn't quite work that no, way. <laughs> yeah, despite how big the CN Tower is, there are many, many spots that you do not see it from. 
Yeah, and so I always have a roadmap. It's a regular roadmap, uh, not the other one we're going to talk about, but uh, and a liquid compass. I used to have one uh, going full anal here. I used to have one right on the dash that so was like, you know, suction cupped in place, but now I usually just have one. Uh, the was it one of those ones that even when you tilt, it'll... Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, a, like a boat compass? Yeah. Um, I still have some flares I haven't used, but I'm going to switch those out to those reflective triangles soon enough. But uh, for now, I've got like, I think, nine Orion flares floating around. Yeah, those flares, they're uh, actually had the opportunity to use flares for the first time in my life, um, not all that long ago, um, in traffic. And what I discovered is that as much as they are bright and can be seen from a distance, they do not have a very long shelf life. No. Or useful life. They, uh, they burn out fast. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. 45 minutes, but it's more like 15, oh, no. isn't like 15, it? 15, yeah. and then yeah. if, there's, if there's good wind going, it's even less. I think what's going to happen is this fall when we, the burn ban is over, I think when it comes time to burn up the excess uh, uh, foliage around the acreage, I'll just use those for a, a fire starter. Cause it's just, it's, uh, can, can confirm they work really well for starting bonfires if you yes. douse them in gasoline and want to light it from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the pistol type flare gun comes in handy. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And just for the everyday usage, I do have an ouch pouch. I call it the IFAC in a glorious term, but honestly, it's just the everyday band-aids. Uh, we'll get into the bigger stuff down the road here, but uh, yeah, uh, definitely <laughs> something to have as an everyday item. Absolutely. Um, and you had a list of stuff with the... Uh, oh, yeah, I put a, put a list of stuff in there. Um, so your pouches start with a tourniquet and a few pairs of gloves. Buy the real tourniquets. Don't buy the crap from uh, Amazon. Buy the cat. Yeah. The actual cat. Um, does, now, uh, forgive me for not looking at this, Gavin. Does Ragnarok sell the re sell the real deal? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so you we, buy from Ragnarok. Yeah, um, much like there are two types of music, country and western, there are two tourniquets that we will actually endorse, and that is the cat and the the soft heat. Yeah. So both. Everything both else are, is trash. Don't even don't even look at anything else. Yeah. So both of those are good. You but buy the real ones. You can buy the ones that look just the same from. Yeah. Um, from Amazon, spend the ten extra dollars and buy the real ones. Yeah, for um, how little they cost, it's it's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. So, um, also one quick note on gloves: don't buy black gloves. As much as they look tactical, cool, they are they especially in low light situations right. it makes it very difficult to tell whether you, what you're feeling is water, sweat, or blood. So, um, yeah. buy you know a few pairs of gloves. Blue is good. Um, purple is okay, but um, the lighter colors are better. Um, next thing on my list was a chest seal and a needle decompression kit. Of course, only get that if you've been trained, but a chest seal is pretty universal. Um, that lets yeah. air out, but not in. So that helps reduce, um, in, in the case of a penetrating chest wound, whether that be from an accident, uh, like a car crash or a gunshot, whatever, um, will stop, um, will, will prevent, uh, prevent the lung from collapsing, which right. is of course a big deal. Lots of different types of gauze, um, cling gauze, like, uh, like cling rolled gauze, uh, and Coban or vet wrap, um, are really handy to have around. The rolled gauze is excellent for, um, packing wounds as well. Um, it's not a perfect solution, yeah. but it's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, multi-use thing. Uh, well, I mean, if you're in a car accident, I mean, there's a good chance there may be a burn as well that rolled yep. gauze is great for, for treating that and at least covering it. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, that a few triangular bandages, they're kind of the duct tape of first aid. Um, they can be used for a whole lot of things such as splinting and slinging and kidding. If you run out of real ones, um, I've also put actual duct tape in there because that's great for occluding moisture out of wounds. 
some paper yeah. medical tape. Please don't put duct tape directly on somebody's skin, uh, especially for the guys out there. It really hurts when you take it off. Um, but worst Can't case scenario, can confirm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Worst, worst, case, worst case being worse, I would rather deal with a little bit of razor burn and having a bare spot on my arm than be dead. Regardless, yeah. I would rather I would rather have the correct tools if if possible. Um, the paper yeah. tape doesn't doesn't hurt as much, but it's not waterproof. Um, yeah. Put a few space blankets in your first aid kit. Um, whether you get stranded in your car and you just need to make the space smaller and reflect your own heat back in on you, or rather, some, whether someone is injured and going into shock, a space blanket will will save a life. Um, yeah. Some water and just some regular good old hand good old fashioned hand soap is good for cleaning out wounds. Um, when I when I went through stop the bleed hospital in the in what was that three or four weeks ago that I did that. Um, the the, ner- the the trauma nurse that that taught the course made a really good point that you go to the ER they clean a wound with soap and water you go into surgery they clean you they clean the wound with soap and water you probably don't need anything more than that out in the field. So yeah. you guys are making me feel bad now because I said ouch pouch and I'm thinking large band aid small band aid. <laughs> um, you don't even you don't even want to see what I carry in my car. Oh my my first aid kit I, I did not I did not mention the large first aid kit that's in oh, my. Oh yeah oh yeah no, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna get into that but I just I was kind of laughed I was like this is quite the ouch pouch man you guys rock. <laughs> oh dude I like I have a full trauma bag in my car. yeah I, I do I do too my my bag is just, to like, me like, that's and... part of my ED, EDC kit is a full trauma bag because it doesn't leave the car. Yeah, but was, I was going to go to the emergency preps part, not the uh, the uh, the everyday stuff. But anyways, moving yeah, along. I, I that more than anything else in my, in my kit. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, if you're the kind of guy that's going to roll up on a car accident and actually stop and help people, then your your trauma kit is your EDC kit. You know. Uh, very true. So the other thing I was going to mention for any everyday thing is just cash. I mean, I know they say don't don't leave cash yeah. in the vehicle, but obviously he keep it hidden somewhere, keep it tucked away. But I don't know how many times I've been where you know either. Uh, debit machines are down or you know it's cash only oh, yeah. maybe whatever have you know like all sorts of examples but just having cash itself it only has to be 100 bucks whatever yeah. you know what, Park, parking is brutal for that yeah yep. tank full of gas parking last minute parking expense you know whatever. What, you're out if you're if you're out if we're driving the country and you come up on a produce stand and you say hey that would look that stuff looks really good fantastic there's not a produce stand that takes, that takes anything other than cash yeah so be prepared for that. Yeah. And have a really nice dinner and make your make your significant other happy by stopping at the party stand in the country. Yeah. That uh I mean I I hope my father doesn't listen because I would never like hear the end of it if I said that I actually learned something from him. But that's <laughs> that is one thing that I've learned from him is to, to keep a couple of bucks tucked away somewhere in the car. Yeah, and don't leave it in your like your change uh, pocket there, right between the console and plain view or something. Because I mean, obviously you're inviting a no, break. But, um, but yeah, keep. I mean, it. I, I so this this is totally not where I keep my money. But most <laughs> cars now have like that little like sunglasses thing. Yep. Um, that's where he keeps his money, and I totally don't keep mine there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So. Oh. I guess move on to the actual emergency preps, quote unquote. But yeah, for me, uh, when you transition from the everyday to the emergency, one thing to think about, especially in Southern Ontario for, you know, when you think about stuff that's not normally covered with the regular roadmaps is the back roads map books. So I think we covered this off on a different episode as well, but just having those back roads, Ontario, back roads, Vancouver Island, um, in addition to your regular city's roadmap, it's going to give you like side roads that aren't normally mentioned. Uh, you know, just, yeah, they are great. 
alternate routes to getting there, whether it might even be forestry roads or whatever. Um, it's just another way to get to your destination or get to where you need to go for whatever reason. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you should, at the very least, you should have the giant paper, you know, road atlas thing of whatever province you live in, like at the very least, because you may be in an area where your phone doesn't work or your phone dies or whatever it is, because I had that happen recently when I was, you know, many, many hours from home. I forgot to take my phone charger and I was with Andrew who's been on the show before and he has an Android phone and I've got an iPhone so I couldn't even borrow his cord and my phone died. Luckily, you know, we didn't need it, but if I was in an emergency and I needed directions in my GPS, that's not going to work. That's mm-hmm. true. So, you know, even though your car may work and everything else may work, if you don't have that phone cable to plug it in and charge your phone, your phone is useless. So that road atlas, even if it's just the regular road atlas, yep. will get you home along with your compass. Yep. But the back roads map you know is, is better. Yeah, it's obviously, well, we're going to say pulse proof, but of course your vehicle might not be. So, <laughs> yeah. But even if, you, even yeah. if you're not one in of, your vehicle, you still need to know how to get home. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, so that was one thing, just the difference between the regular and emergency. The other thing, I, I mentioned the toque before and having some gloves. I mean, I like to have the, the surplus wool toque. You can get it for like $10, so it's actually 100% wool. Um, just because even if it's yeah. wet, it still protects uh, heat-wise and everything else. Well, but Go into any surplus store in those like, military issue like ugly wool blankets they're a couple of bucks throw one or two of those in the car and they they're useful for all kinds of stuff even to keep dog hair off if you had to yeah (laughs) they're useful right right down right down to putting under your knees if you have to change your tire that's right if you you could use them as a drag to pull somebody out in an emergency i mean if you really need to you could burn one to keep warm Yep. I don't know why you wouldn't just drape it on you, but if you needed to burn one, you can burn it. <laughs> That's not important right now. <laughs> I need to burn it. Depending yeah. on like what your situation is, I don't know. But like, uh, you could drape it around you, but burning it will also attract attention. So depends on depends, yeah. on, depends on your exact. Well, situation. that's why you have a few, right? You drape yeah. one on you, and then you burn the other one. You know, if you need something dry to start a fire because it's been in your trunk. Yep. Um, oh yeah. You could use them to splint things. You, I mean, they're multi-use. They're pretty, pretty well limitless. Yep. Yeah. So, Hello. Yeah. So I was gonna say we just basically have to do regional and season-appropriate clothes. So I mean, for me, it's like I like to have a raincoat during winter. Um, you guys want to have a parka? Like when Eric forgets yeah. to, you know, when Eric's bringing his high heels to work and he needs to like change the, you know, tire in the middle of winter, he's got to put on his winter boots, right? Yep. And oh so, yeah. No. Then some of those those pads for corns from wearing the heels too long. I mean, it's going to be really painful. <laughs> and then don't forget the uh, the long with a trap door. You got to have those for the cold weather too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to take your pants all the way off to go <laughs> lay, lay some brick out in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's cold. Uh, so uh, under the banner of emergency equipment too, the glass breaker. I mean, some people have it on their knife. Some people have the little hammer style in their car. What do you guys have uh, normally set up? I I use an automatic center punch. Um, I found that those are pretty cheap. Those are pretty cheap and easy to come across. Um, I don't have to. I don't have to swing it. I can. It's a little bit more controlled. Uh, I'm not going to miss because, well, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, like the rescue me thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, even but even just like a like a, a like a machinist's center punch. It's got a hardened it's got a hardened tip. It's spring loaded, so I can so you just you put it against the glass and then you just push in, and then at some point the um, the pawl kind of overwhelms the spring inside and it springs back out and it it does an excellent job of uh, uh, of breaking glass. Um, just one thing to note about that um, something I learned the other day. Um, kind of the hard way is that um, new cars and I believe it was starting in the 2018 model year uh, I'm sure somebody out there can correct me on that but new cars and a, lo I, a lot of new cars and I believe it's now mandatory for all new cars are being built with laminate glass all the way around so for a long time our windshields have been laminate so they don't shatter when they get hit um, but the side the sides and rear window are were um, tempered so you could smash you could smash the glass New new vehicles are being built with laminate glass all the way around, so that glass breaker is not going to be as effective uh, yeah. going forward from what it from what it is now. That is, it's actually very difficult to put something through those laminate windshields yeah. on purpose. Like yeah. I've I've tried it. I've tried to put a giant pole through a windshield when I was in auto shop in high school. It's difficult. It is it is designed to stay intact, um, where before the the tempered glass was designed to break. Um, yeah. And so that's just be aware that that may, that may not work. Um, so it, it's a good thing to have for now, but it's, it's, you know, in the next 10 yeah. years, it'll be a, it'll be a tool of the past. Um, also make sure that you have a seatbelt cutter. Um, your pocket knife is not as good a seatbelt cutter as you want it to be. Okay. So we have to stop talking about him now. He just showed up. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, Hey, Eric. Hi. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you made it. Just quickly, while it's still in my head, uh, one thing for people that do want a glass breaker but don't want to go buy one, um, this, the white ceramic part of a spark plug is amazing. Yep. Or if you have like a machine shop and you've got anything to do with tungsten carbide. So I don't carry a commercial window breaker on me. I'm weird like that. I have a little pouch I wear around my neck that's got like a handcuff key and some Kevlar cordage and stuff like that. And there's some little pieces of tungsten carbide in it that if I ever need to break a window, I just use that. And so with, uh, I've heard about the spark plug thing before. So you just take like a little handful of chips and give them a toss or what's, how's that work exactly? Pretty much. It's so do not misuse this information for shenanigans, but <laughs> The white ceramic part of the, the spark plug, I mean, if you have a tiny little piece of that and even throw it fairly lightly at a windshield, it will just explode. Yep. It'll yeah. work. That works better than throwing the entire spark plug at the window. Which is amazing. I guess it's a, it's a hardness thing, is it? Yeah. So tungsten carbide or the stuff that they put around the, the spark plug is incredibly dense. Um. And it, I mean, yeah, it's like magic. They, so you can go on like the internet and buy that stuff and they call it like ninja rocks or something like that. And they make it crazy expensive. <laughs> or you could just like go to any hardware store and buy anything that's tungsten carbide or go into any auto shop place and buy like a single spark plug for like a buck 50 and just hit it with a hammer and that ceramic yep. coating comes off. Or if you know you happen to like be on the outside of a car and need to get on the inside of the car for whatever reason, if you can somehow pop the hood and just pull the spark plug, that yep. works. But it's, yeah, they're yep. yeah. So we just got into the emergency preps, Eric. Uh, did you want to go back and talk about any like everyday kind of stuff that you uh, carry in your car at all? Uh, yeah, you know, if you guys want to carry on here, and I'll get myself situated, and then I can talk about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we're just moving on to emergency preps right now. So the other thing I was going to mention was the uh, just the food and water. So beyond the granola bars and regular snacks you might have around for the kids or yourself in case you need a quick uh, sugar fix or whatever, I'm talking more along the lines of being stuck in the car overnight. And uh, water is a bit of a thing during the wintertime, but some of those emergency water storage packs are good to freeze expansion-wise. Um, but yeah, food and water of some sort as well as a light candle lighter slash heat source blanket. We talked about the uh, space blankets and wool blankets. And uh, the other thing I was going to mention that doesn't really get talked about too much anymore, but not, not too many new cars come with a 12 volt cigarette lighter anymore. So you can always buy one aftermarket. Yep. Yeah. So come, you, they usually come with a plug, but not the actual lighter. So this is a good yeah. thing to have around. Um, I also carry like my favorite lighter is a, is a Zippo I got when I was, I don't know, 15 or something. Um, it's with me every day, so I keep a can of uh, can of lighter fluid with me as well in in my console because yeah. zippos need to be filled, and it's in, it's a it's a still works. I think no, I wanted I, one ever since I watched Die Hard. I always wanted one. I think, but yeah, no, I, I usually have yeah, you know, several ways of starting a fire on me. I've got typically three or four MREs in my trunk at any given time at least a couple liters of water in a way and at least two ways of purifying water so that I can make more. And then if I need to, if it's winter time and there's no running water, I can run the stove and melt it or make a fire. So I have my stove and then I also keep a couple of those little things of Sterno. Yep. Yep. Cause those are great when it's like, well, I don't really necessarily want to run my stove cause I'm not cooking, but I need to make a fire to keep warm or to do something you can kind of relight those as you need it and not necessarily use up your fuel for your stove. Yep. Makes good sense. Um, yeah, depending on your jacket, I mean, you remember those, uh, those asbestos lined kind of charcoal heater packs that you used to be able to put uh, in pockets of your jacket and keep yourself warm as well. Well, Z Zippo makes those hand warmer things. Yep. I don't know if I would trust that open flame thing in my pocket personally. I just use the chemical hand warmers, which are also really good for first aid stuff. If you've got somebody that's lost a lot of blood, those yep. thermal blankets are great, but like if you've got no body heat to reflect back out into it, tuck one of those under each armpit and in the groin and on the side of the neck, and then that'll start giving them the body heat to reflect back. Yep. Yeah, I mean those uh, those uh, chemically activated heat packs—they work for everything, yeah. storing food to keeping you warm to like shock treatment. Yeah, like you mentioned, and hypothermia. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I recently we we threw a, a big shooting match, and it was in there pouring rain for the whole two days we were out there i basically those fueled me <laughs> like i was bone dry because gore-tex is amazing but like it was also cold i i was i was happy as a clam i believe the expression is uh because i was dry and warm and those things especially for my hands being diabetic my hands get really really cold but i needed to keep using my hands so I couldn't really put gloves on so yeah, hand warmers, essential kit. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, one of the other things I was going to mention is a siphon and a jerry can. Uh, so not telling you to use the siphon for shenanigans again, but uh, yeah. be just boring uh, gas out of your own quad or transferring between vehicles. If the hose wash, you reach down the fuel to pipe, you never know. Some of them have screens. But uh, just having the jerry can, the siphon does give you some options to get home or whatever you need to do yep. with the, the gas situation. Yeah, there's all kinds of different ways too. Like, there's uh, there's like mechanical pumps, and then there's the the suck out. There's also the blow in method that works better. Just 
Actually, the one I use is actually a shaker siphon. Have you seen those ones with the brass fittings or the copper fittings? A little brass ball in the end. Yep. Yeah, so it's got basically a brass fitting with a little, uh, almost like a ball bearing inside. You basically just put it in the liquid, you start shaking it, and it starts creating a, a siphon and a vacuum. And uh, after you shake it about 10 times, it's actually started a siphon process. And uh, so you don't have to like, you know, get a mouthful of gas or... Well, that's, that's why I like the mechanical or the, the blow-in yeah. method. Yeah. yeah. But you should know how to do all of those things just in case. Yep. Did you want to add something, Eric? Oh, I'm just reading over what you guys have uh, gone over already. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> plain catch up. And no worries. So the uh, the knife, uh, obviously, besides your everyday carry knife, I like to have a nice utility knife of some sort uh, that's you know relatively resilient in the vehicle. Um, I did throw in a little link here just because it's something you don't see too often is how to just keep a nice edge on your knife when you're on the road. Is you can actually use the top edge of your window to uh, hone the edge of your knife. I did that. In, uh, I was at a, at a cottage um, last spring, actually just about a year ago, and um, the only knife that was anything worth using was the one that was in my pocket. And we were across the border, so I didn't take a whole lot of gear with me. Um, and I used my little buck knife to fillet fish. And the, what I used to keep the blade on was actually the bottom of a coffee mug, so the unglazed, the, the unglazed bottom of. You know, most yeah. ceramics um, make an excellent wind, make, along with the edge of the of the of the glass window, make an excellent knife sharpener. I actually yeah. use my window to, to sharpen my knife regularly because it's probably one of the best things to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure about the the physical processes behind that, but I understand it's like basically a. Uh, they say it's like a, a harder than steel kind of uh, when it's on the vertical there, but I, I, it seems to work really well. I've, I've tried it and it, it works. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just the, also, same, the same as using a, a ceramic, a, the same as using a like a commercially made ceramic sharpener, but faster, more convenient. Yeah. Uh, just a quick note to the listeners: uh, please don't cross the Canadian border currently with a uh, folder. If you can help it, there seems to be some shenanigans going on with the border agency. Uh, try and cross with a fixed blade only yeah. if you do that. Uh, just um, because yeah. they're not right, but they're just uh, arguing the point right now. So. Yeah. So, so one thing for people that do do travel, um, one of the best little tricks I've learned is the uh, Victorinox little bird beak fruit knives that you can buy pretty much anywhere, like any Walmart or major chain store. They're like eight bucks a piece. Um, these are phenomenally sharp and durable knives for all kinds of stuff so if you're traveling into weird places where you can't carry a knife but you can go to the store and pick one up for like eight bucks um allegedly make a great self-defense knife but also come in pretty handy for a utility knife allegedly allegedly yeah. yes <laughs> but <laughs> you know uh sorry what was the brand name of those things again so the victorinox makes the best ones because it's like it's not quite a full tang but like it's like 85, 90% tang. Um, yeah, insert joke here. Yeah. I hear astronauts get all the tang they want. But um, if, if, you're, if you're a knife nerd, you know what that means. It means that like there, there's a piece of metal that runs like the entire length of the body. And this runs most of the way through it. Yeah, um, really cheap knife companies will make like the blade and then a tiny little bit that goes into the handle. So like if you try to pry something or whatever, it's going to snap. This runs th th almost the full length of it. And like I said, for, for $8, they come razor sharp. 
Uh, and if you ever had to use it for something weird and ditch it somewhere, it won't look weird laying on the street. Like if you have like a giant, you know, Rambo size knife. Yeah, I mean, Victorian uh, Arts are the same people that make Swiss Army knives, and uh, yeah, the tank yeah. is an extension of the actual blade itself. So it's yeah, I, these I I almost always have one of these things on me because they're, I mean, they're wicked sharp and they're they come in handy. And like I said, like they're dirt cheap, so if you wreck it in any way you could just chuck it it's not even worth sharpening it you just throw it out and buy a new one hmm. there you go wow. so another thing i wanted to throw in there was uh safety glasses n95 masks and mechanics gloves slash works gloves for emergency purposes always handy to have safety is sexy <laughs> yeah well especially if you're, if you're dealing with stuff under pressure like tires or you know whether it be uh, even the radiator or whatever <laughs> or breaking glass breaking glass yeah. yeah there's there's no shortage of reasons to have safety glasses around and 95 masks obviously if you're in a dusty environment for whatever i mean it might be a, a fire yeah. like a smoke issue it might be a uh, or breaking glass breaking glass again yeah. you don't want, don't want glass <laughs> dust uh mechanics gloves self-explanatory work gloves same thing uh you mentioned yeah. that thing before too ellen the uh, backup battery pack for the cell phone right yeah absolutely um oh yeah those yeah, things are great it, it's yeah. just it's it should be it should be it should be a required kit for everyone like they're you know just have one don't don't be I, don't be stupid just buy one yeah and actually always, I, oh, go ahead I, again. I, I've, I've always got at least one of those on me but when i like travel internationally i have two or three on me because i've been stuck at airports so many times where there's nowhere to plug a phone in and i'm so bored well yeah it's not even you can get them at the dollar store i mean they're not the highest capacity batteries at the dollar store but even at best buy i found one that was actually yeah. a pretty decent battery pack for 14 dollars. i mean they're getting to the yeah. point where like ludicrously affordable now too yeah, yeah. i even got mentioned. a little mini solar panel that i use too nice i see you guys That's mentioned the uh the genius the 7200 battery charger up a little ways here in the, the show notes that one's good too for charging your phone and you can boost a car if you need yeah. Oh, it did it has a yeah. USB port on it as well. Yeah, it's got it's got USB ports yeah. too, so it'll do both. Yeah, that was the reason I threw that in there is because I saw it at your place there, and it was yeah. uh, it was definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, that's the one thing I've learned is that like as battery technology. So like I in my regular day job, I sell lawn and garden stuff, and some of that stuff is battery powered now. So like in order to like be cool and hip and with the times like they're even putting a usb port on like the battery for your your trimmer for your yard because they know that people have cell phones and if their cell phone gets below like you know 80 percent, people freak out yeah so like they're putting usb <laughs> things on every battery thing ever so that's wild yeah so you may as well get it because you know what you'll use it like absolutely yeah. So, yeah, one thing, well, you guys kind of started to talk, touch on it now is the mini hospital first aid kit for the emergency, under the emergency banner. Um, the mini hospital is a term I used off the traveling prepper. He's got some really good uh, lists of kit. But, uh, yeah, the tourniquet, absolutely couldn't agree more. Uh, stop the bleed class. That is something actually I need to take as well. I'm probably going to do that at the podcast for charity shoot. Uh, I will see you there. Yes, rubber gloves, uh, the face shield, uh, like meaning like for the, I guess, is that the proper term where you actually have the, the Laredal? It's a, it's, a bar it's a barrier shield. Barrier shield, uh, yeah. yeah. Properly, but it, the idea is you, chances are good if you're doing CPR on somebody, they're going to vomit on you and you don't want that in your mouth. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, against that. There's some sketchy so there's people few, out there. <laughs> yeah, so you have a few options for that stuff. You have um, not doing CPR hmm. or at least not the rescue breaths part of it. Yeah, you can do compression-only CPR, which is good. Or you can just get, like, the little plastic sheet with a one-way valve. The, They're about five bucks. 
that's, yeah that's then the next step up, up is yeah the next step up is like a proper mask with a one-way valve and then you can keep going from there like in in my trauma bag i have one of the pumps so it's got the mask with a yep. pump I have a so I just go, yep. go to somebody and go here you pump this while i do this because i ain't putting my lips on somebody that i don't know yep i don't touch strangers yeah stranger danger right yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it came up in conversation today with the traveling prepper as well. Um, fentanyl kits. Um, yes. Have you guys ever had any dealings with those at all? Yep. Yep. Okay, because uh, so Gavin and I were talking earlier as well about back in episode 144 of the other CPP, we uh, we talked briefly about. I wasn't on the show at the time, but they were talking about uh, how much car fentanyl was found in Toronto. Uh, it's becoming more and more of a prevalent thing, and you know, whether it be a overdose case or maybe it's just somebody's transporting their vehicle or whatever um there's no danger to you if you inject it and you haven't been doing heroin it doesn't have any effect on you but it's just one of those things it's nice to have kind of like a nuclear weapon but you know hopefully yeah. don't use it uh they're free and uh, i was just thinking it's one of those things that the average prepper can shove in his kit and get some of his tax money back at the same time uh, what do you guys think um, I think that everyone should have an naloxone kit. I think it should be mandatory if you're going to be prescribed um, any kind of opiate that going through the going through and getting an, uh, an, an naloxone kit should be mandatory. If you know anybody, if you are a person that uses um, any kind of opiate, whether it's prescribed or recreational, um, accidental overdoses happen all the damn time. I'm not even talking about abusing drugs. I'm just talking about grandma who had a, who broke her hip and was prescribed a fentanyl patch and then accidentally put on a second patch without taking the first one off. That's how easily yeah. that can happen. And so be prepared for that. There are two kinds of naloxone kits. One is a, is a nasal spray that requires the... Um, requires the, the recipient to actually be breathing to at least some degree. And there's a... Um, is an injectable, it's an IM or an intramuscular, which is fine as long as you're comfortable doing that. Either, both, both is, is the best solution. Um, so that you yeah, don't I have believe to- Ontario right now, you can go into pretty much anywhere and get two kits so you can get one of each. And then, and then they'll exchange, they'll exchange. If you bring back a used kit, they'll exchange another one for you. Um, the first time yeah. you go in, the, the pharmacist will um, run you through the the hows, the whys, the whens, and all that stuff. Um, the kit itself is this big. If you're on, if you're if you're watching, if you're watching the live feed, it's a four by four by six clamshell case. Has a pair of gloves, a CPR mask, um, the directions to do it, and the contents, like the actual medication. Um, it takes about 15 minutes to go through the to go through the house, um, but it's free. Every every pharmacy in Ontario is required to carry them. Is required to give them out free of charge, and you don't have to leave your name if you don't want to. Yeah, and actually, I did some checking. They it's pretty much nationwide now. They're giving away for free, so you know, yeah. there's no excuse not to get one. And it's just one of those things where you know, if you actually do need one, you don't have time to go down to the drugstore and ask. And so, keep in mind too, yeah. if you're going to store it in your vehicle or somewhere, there are temperature restrictions as far as it uh, it cannot be frozen, and then there's um, a certain level of of heat too that it can't be stored in. So you got to keep it kind of in a controlled environment. Yeah, it's so better to keep in your backpack that comes in and out of the car rather than yeah. keeping it in your pack that stays in the car. Yeah. yeah. And that's also effective on uh, codeine issues as well, right? Not yeah, well, just co- codeine, is an, codeine is, is an opiate. It is so, opiate. Yeah, yeah, it's a derivative. Yeah. It's a derivative of the poppy plant. Codeine, morphine, heroin, oxycontin, fentanyl. Um, yeah, all the fun stuff. 
yeah. all, all the all the really good stuff, hydromorphone. Um, those are all. Uh, I remember yeah. growing up, like a six pack of beer was rebellious, and now they're <laughs> yeah. six pack of beer. That's for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I guess one one thing, um, just so that people that, that don't know or are aware, uh, if you ever have to use this on somebody, not so much that's on an accidental, like I took too much because I can't remember to take my meds properly kind of an overdose, but like a self-induced, I like to get messed up overdose when you inject them or give them the nasal spray. Um, when they come to, they're probably going to come to swinging because you just ruined their high, yep. like in- instantly. Yep. Uh, and there's a good there's uh, a good chance they're going to just take off running after that. Yeah, and then 50, 15 minutes later, drop down again because it's only good for. Yeah, yeah. so it, it doesn't reverse things; it just temporarily reverses things. It temporarily so. ease the effect. It's um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you give that to somebody, give them a little bit of space, um, and be be calming and calming and confident in yourself when you've done that, because they will come up pretty quick, and they will not be happy with you when you've done it. And um, probably have called the ambulance prior to giving it to them. Like, oh yeah, while, no. Always, like, always, while, always. while you're while you're giving it to them, someone else should be calling. Yeah. Cause, that's like yeah. that's re- kind of rule number one. Is that that's something to happen? That's something to do while while help is coming. Yeah, but just in case people don't know, like it's not a you give it to them and like they're good to go. Like they're they're still they're watch, still overdosing. Yeah, healed. Watch, watch <laughs> some watch some YouTube videos about what happens when you deliver Narcan. It's it's eye opening. Dude, you're harshing yeah. my journey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But more, but more like why did you why did you just ruin the my forty five dollar high when I when I had to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do all sorts <laughs> yeah. of stuff during it, and yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, so the last yeah. thing I just want to touch on too for the you know quote unquote emergency stuff is uh, if you're not in this big city, you're not in cell phone range. Maybe a ham radio is an option if you do if you are licensed and you have one uh, either truck mounted kit or a one in your bag. It, just in to an maybe, emergency, you don't need yeah, it. You don't need it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. But just to see, if you get a hold um, and of also even if you are in cell phone range, have one anyways because cell phones in emergencies are notoriously unreliable. As we will discover yeah. next week. Yes. Yeah. Or uh, even if you don't have a ham radio, a CB radio, if you're anywhere near like a major highway, the yeah. truckers are always on that thing. Yeah, I actually, I, I usually have like a, a an FRS, a, a CB, and a ham radio on me because I'm a nerd like that. Yep. So. Uh... <laughs> yes. So I guess we're moving along to the get home bag uh, portion. Uh, may or may not appropriate be appropriate for some people. But uh, some people call it the get home bag or the much ditch the vehicle bag, even a, a pseudo bob, I guess. But uh, there's a few things we should probably cover off with that. Anyone want to start? Um, sleeping bag and shelter is the first thing on there. Um, on my list at the top, I've got and tent bags. Uh, I don't care. I don't have a sleeping bag. Um, I'm I. I don't see a need for it. If I if I really need to, I'll wrap myself up in a uh, wrap myself up in my tarp and turn it into a hammock. But um, if you got if I have to bunker down, it's that's more weight than I'm interested in carrying. But that's my personal opinion on that. Yeah, that's why we're discussing yeah. it. Yep, yeah. I, I would be of the same belief. Um, like I keep climate and time frame appropriate clothing in the car so i won't need a sleeping bag i'll just sleep in my snow pants and winter jacket and all of my other clothes yeah. and 
like a space blanket and chuck a bunch of hand warmers in there or build a fire or whatever. I like to keep my like bug out bag, which to me, I consider part of my EDC in terms of my car kit. Cause it's always in there. Um, but yeah, there's shelter or a way to make shelter. Um, yep. and yeah, no, no, no sleeping bag, maybe like a thin blanket in the winter time. I'll add that, but otherwise, no, I just, I'll sleep in my clothes. Well, it boils down to a weight and distance thing. I mean, how much uh, distance you have to carry yeah. or, uh, cover too, that's going to come into play. It's going to hopefully not ditch my internet here, but I'm going to turn the camera back on for a sec. So on the, the compass aspect, so I also have the, the big liquid compass on my, my everyday carry kit as well. But even a little tiny one like that can come in handy too, where you have a little compass that gives you some basic guidance. Um, for the average time when the cell phone GPS isn't working properly. Yep. It, it's always it's always important to know which way north is and know which way you have to head. So it's never yeah. a bad idea. Two is one, one is none. And if you if you're like Ian and have that big mounted compass on your dashboard oh. that you can see from a foot Still and a half there? away. Yep. yep. Um, then something you can take with you is a good thing to have. Well, that and like I mean, you said that you know, two is one, one is none. That, that, that's not just physical assets it's knowledge and how to acquire that information as well yeah. right so don't just have a single compass have a single compass that works really well and some other way that you know how to figure out which way north is or two ways to build a fire or you know whatever it is have maybe a physical item and then a knowledge to do it another way so that you always have a redundancy built in absolutely yeah, so I think we, and we mentioned the knife and multi-tool before. I mean, it's more of a yeah. thing and an everyday thing, but also it's one of those things where if you are going to leave your vehicle and behind, and that's kind of two of the main things you got to take with you no matter what, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Don't, whatever you do, if you've got all these tools and things with your car and you have to leave it, take it all with you. There's no, there's yeah. no sense in, in saying, well, if I shave, if I shave in, you know, three and a half ounces of weight, then I might make it 47 steps further. No, take it all with you. Walk slower if you need to, but it's better to have and not need than to need and not have. Yeah. So yep. take, take it all with you. Take everything possible out of your car down to the Kleenexes, um, which can light you a fire yeah. or keep you clean, whatever. But um, take it all if you do have to leave your car. Well, exactly. And then, you know, like it seems a little weird saying all that after we said we don't keep sleeping bags because that's extra weight. But like you've already probably got something you can use for that. But yeah, don't leave the multi tool. Don't leave the yep. food or the water or the things that you will actually need. Yeah. You know, like yeah, if you've got, I can I can do a whole lot of things in your car. Don't home bring all three. Bag, but but yeah. I can, but I can use that knife to cut down pine boughs to keep me off the ground and keep me warm. Yeah. Right. If I don't have a sleeping bag and I don't have a knife, then I'm in a I'm I'm gonna be cold. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And that and that change of underwear that you already had in the car for the everyday use, it's gonna make you much happier than even having a sleeping bag. Absolutely. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if anything though, like change the underwear and then hike out in the clean ones and leave the dirty ones behind so that the dogs can come and smell the dirty ones and track yeah. you down faster. Absolutely. <laughs> leave leave sense. Yeah. Sure. yeah, if you if you're yeah. Rescue, rescue is the is the other part of this, right? Yeah, yeah. obvious. Uh, water filter. We touched on the uh, the Sawyer slash the lifestyle and the bottle. You mentioned the stainless steel aspect. That's a really good idea to make sure you can boil it as well. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, food. Uh, do you guys carry like food with some sort of get home bag or like to, other than the average just granola bars and everything else? Or is there actually some specialized food you guys have? I just yeah, keep a little bit of Mountain House. I yeah, keep a couple of cans of keep a couple of cans of chunky and a couple of cans of tuna in my car. Um, not the best for weight, but I can cook within that container by just opening the can if I manage to lose my or not carry my uh, my cooking facilities. I can cook within that can, so um, I sacrifice yeah. a little bit of weight there for for that for that redundancy, and also a package of jerky because hmm. well, it's jerky. Jerky. There's never yeah. a bad time for <laughs> jerky, is there? <laughs> nope. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like a, a big bag of peanuts, you know, like calorie wise, is enough to kind of sustain you for a period of time. Yeah. But uh, one thing that works really, really well. Uh, I think I may have mentioned it before. Uh, if you mix honey, peanut butter, and like coffee grounds, like, mm. um, yep. they make great energy bombs. That's it. Um, it sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. You can get you can get all of those by the way at Starbucks for free just by asking. Yeah, you can like also make tomato soup packet. at McDonald's for free. Hmm. Hmm. So Speaking every of- McDonald's will give you free hot water, and then they've usually just got ketchup and creamer just sitting out there and salt and pepper there you go good point speaking of having beef jerky on the uh, on the mind i went to the states a little while ago they had these things on for 99 cents it's like the biggest uh, pepperoni stick i've ever seen in my life but nice (laughs) uh, yeah if you guys ever do ever need to like sustain yourself on that peanut butter honey coffee concoction for a little while make sure you have extra toilet paper that's all i'm gonna say yeah, I can imagine that would run through you pretty well. And listen yeah. to our last episode. Listen to the last yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But you, you, you'll survive. You just make sure you hydrate as well. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so of course, none of this is any good if we're just walking around carrying them in cloth uh, grocery bags that we have sitting in the back of the car. So obviously you want to have a, either a backpack with the stuff in it or at least a backpack in the car that you can pack up and bring everything with you. Yep. Uh, preferably a, a plain looking gray man like Swiss gear or something like pretty commonplace I would think would be the best way yep Molly yeah. gear is cool but it makes yeah. it stand out yeah yep sure does <laughs> that's about all there unless you're at the range yeah, yeah. unless you're at the range yeah. yeah I don't know I don't I, I'm i that guy I mean there's a time for gray man but sometimes like you just can't be yeah yeah, yeah right true. like I mean, I think if any of us went to like Asia, none of us would be gray man. It doesn't matter how we dress or what we do, we're going to no. stand out. Um, <laughs> then you so, might as well have them all year because they expect it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and sometimes, yeah, that'll make you stand out. But if you happen to be in Vegas during Shot Show, you'll stand out if you don't have it. Fair um, enough. Yeah. That's all about your environment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which um, what one really cool thing to do if you are planning on traveling to different places and you do want to kind of blend in, Google street maps and just like watch, like to look at the pictures of people and how they dress and what they wear and things like that. Like certain brands or colors is a great way to learn how to blend into the local culture. Yep. Good Little point. Side note. Or at least the local culture uh, from two and a half years ago. Yeah. But hopefully things haven't changed too much, right? Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's a really, that's a really good point. Um, or check the uh, check the the social media hashtags for what's happening in the area. Yeah. 
do a little bit of do a little bit of uh, yeah. recon work and see what's see what's happening around you before you get there yeah the best way to stay out of trouble is to not get anywhere near it to begin yep. with yep Jeez, I, I had a good joke I just thought of too. Like, you know, we could have had the yellow vest for the safety vest in the in the vehicle, but of course that'd be mistaken for something else now from uh, from addressing. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, true. So so that's why they're so popular in France is because that's a government regulation that everybody that owns a car and operates a car has to have one of those in their trunk. Yeah, so yeah. pretty ubiquitous for sure. So from an ultra-emergency perspective, uh, from the ultra-emergency end, I mean, some cases may even warrant the off-debated truck gun that comes up on gun nuts all the time. But uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, sure, if you're in, in Churchill during a polar bear tour, absolutely, truck gun, probably a good idea. Other than that, I'm not going to get into it. So yeah. <laughs> none, of this, none of this one, but obviously if that, stuck if that's, if that's for you, store it safely. If it's yeah. not for you, move on. Yeah. Yep. And make make sure that if you do carry one, it's something that will work in the cold and or the hot because Canada gets weird climates. SKSs yep. are great for that. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, and and disposable in price, basically too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's there've been many a, a winter or early spring shooting match I have gone to that people have brought firearms, specifically shotguns, seem to be the worst for it. That. They use the same oil that they use in the summer, in the winter, mm. and it just seizes right up. So, you know, just be conscious of those things if it's going to be a thing that you carry, because it's going to be a significant weight. And yep. if you're carrying it and it doesn't function, it's dead weight. Yep. Yep. Who added the uh, the next point there? Oh, I did. Um, a good pair of running shoes or hiking boots. Like to wear comfy shoes. Uh, if you wear work boots to work or dress shoes or high heels, um, kind of pointing at you, Eric. A good pair of shoes or, or light boots might might make your walk home uh, less unpleasant. Um, so whatever you know, I I wear like at work. I either wear dress shoes or I wear like safety green patch shoes wherever. Where, depending on what I'm doing in my day, neither of those are particularly comfortable if I have to walk 60 clicks home because I can't get my car out of the city. So, um, and then again, make sure that those are seasonally appropriate. Um, the, the, the lightweight running shoes that I keep in my car in the summer have nothing to do with a like 14 inch tall, triple insulated minus 160 degree boots I keep in my boot, I keep in the trunk in the winter. Well, yeah, and yeah I think a lot of this definitely. Is, a lot of this is going to be dependent for each person on how far the commute is, daily daily commute, or you know maybe there's not a special trip or whatever. So it's going to have to be something that you customize for the situation yep. for each individual. Absolutely. So we can't cover yeah. everything, I guess, is what I'm saying. If you wear flip flops to the beach, that's cool. But if you know, throw a pair of running shoes in the in the, uh, yeah. in the trunk in case you break down on the side of the road and you have to walk to the yeah. gas station. Yeah, like a $30 pair of Walmart runners in your trunk isn't going to break the bank. And then, yeah, if you break down in the summer, at least you're not going to, like, sunburn the top of your feet walking there, right? Or, you know, endothermous blisters. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's just a, you know, make sure that your shoe, your footwear is appropriate and have a, have a backup. Yeah. I mean, I actually had that when I was in Australia. We were on our way to, to King's Canyon and our, our, tour bus broke down and my buddy and I were there and we were dressed fairly appropriately. We had hiking boots, pants, t-shirt, water, you know, all of that stuff on us. But our, our traveling companions that were with us were two elderly ladies that were like in the worst footwear ever. 
you know, it was like, I couldn't believe they were wearing these to begin with. Like maybe like hiking boots for what we were doing was like a little overkill, if you will, but like not, not appropriate. Right. But like they had like heeled sandal flip floppy type things. And I was just like, this isn't like, it's a tourist thing, but like, it's not a tourist thing. Like you are going to be outside and walking and stuff like Yep. So when the tour bus broke down, I was like, man, this is going to drag on for, for much longer. These ladies are going to be screwed. Well, at least, you know, if the dingoes attacked, you know, at least you'd have a buffer for a couple of days, right? They, they, yeah. They get yeah. Them. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I don't, I'm not the fastest in the group, maybe, but I'm definitely faster than them. So That's, I, I, all, all you need to be is not the slowest. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I guess. Is there anything else you missed? That's a lot of stuff. Um, Taylor, yeah, get a bigger car. <laughs> yeah, tailor to your need. Just always have a trailer with you. Yeah. With your car, change the fluids regularly and keep your gas tank at least half full. All right. You can save yourself a lot yeah. of effort. You can save yourself a lot of need to, to, ha- to, to have all this stuff. If you, if you take care of your vehicle, it's less likely to break down. It's less likely to strand you at an at an inconvenient moment. Actually, on that yeah. note, how many times have you actually seen somebody checking their oil when they fill up with gas? Never. Yeah, it's, just, it's not something that people do very often anymore, right? They I, still, I, ch- I check my oil about every about twice a month, and I change it on a regular basis. And I don't check it. I don't check it every time. No, I have an app that does that for me. It just tells me to change the oil. <laughs> I I, my, I have an app too. It's a calendar appointment. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I make mean, car as a thing. Like it sends me notifications when I need to do things. Like if I've got a flat, it goes, "Dude, you've got a flat." It's awesome. Nice. Oh, nice. Well, Which is fine as long as you have those backup batteries to keep your phone charged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no. I if I go in for a, a long car ride, I make sure that all that stuff. But like in the city, I'm not super super worried. But to do those things especially if you have an older car that doesn't have like all the cool fun bells and whistles and if you if you own a chevy equinox make sure you keep up on the oil changes they are uh they are notorious they yeah, just oil pigs or what are they um i've had i've had two two different equinoxes now and i've had two different oil problems one being um that the piston seals went on my on, on my most my most recent one um which through the timing chain and actually ended up in a rebuilt engine um which was awesome um yeah, it's it was, all good when it's warranty but if you got a yeah, well, pocket it was it, i mean it it was a it was a $2700 repair that cost me nearly $1000 when everything was said and done cuz they had to replace the head and make the master cylinder yeah. and all kinds of great stuff so it was um yeah stay on top of your oil changes that's uh, that's what I can say about that. Cool. I guess it's yeah. going to lead to the uh, podcast challenge. If you want to cover that off, Alan? Sure. So your podcast challenge for this week is to put at least three items in your vehicle that are missing um, from the list or something that we didn't cover. And especially if it's something we didn't cover, um, let us know. Send us an, send us an email. Um, send us a picture of your car setup because we might we're gonna we're gonna come back to this again. We're probably gonna do this again in the fall when we when we start talking about winter car preps. Um, so shoot us a shoot us a picture with at our at the email which we'll uh, which we'll link to below or 
um, on the website or wherever, and we will uh, we'll we'll talk about it on the next episode, and we'll keep it uh, keep it going for um, for the next time we talk about this. And you can send that to feedback prepperpodcast.ca. Thank you, Eric, for putting that up while I'm reading this. No problem. And, um, and we'll uh, we'll let's see let's see what you have. So if there's something we missed, show us. If there's something you want to, or if you add something to it, show us. We love uh, we love hearing from you. Well, I think uh, there is some pricey items in the stuff that we mentioned, but I mean, there is a lot of stuff that's relatively cheap to get or sometimes free with the naloxone kits, right? So, I mean, it shouldn't, shouldn't be too insurmountable a challenge to uh, to meet for sure. Well, There's a shopper's you know, on literally every corner in Canada. Go yeah, get And one. most of us have put these kits together over years and years of, you know, experience, right? Like, yep. you don't have to go buy it all at once because, I mean, fortunately, like, I've really never had to use any of the stuff in my kit. But, you know, I still got it. So, yeah, just get the stuff that, like, is most likely that you're going to need, like a first aid kit. And then go from there. You know, yeah. don't don't break the bank like, oh, I thought I better have this because it's going to be Venezuela here tomorrow. Like, that's not that's not. No, even Venezuela like, years. Yeah. So you've got some time to do it smartly and, and, yep. and cost effectively. Well, and do, do your own risk assessment and decide what your highest priority is. I mean, yeah. we're coming into summer. What do you do in your, in your, in your everyday life and your weekends? What's, what's your, what's your biggest risk to me in the summer? Your biggest risk is water. Yeah. Dehydra- dehydration is probably the number one thing. So start with water and then yeah. add other stuff as you you decide yeah. to need it. By the way, those blankets that you put in your car are also excellent if you go to the beach for erecting um, a quick shelter to make some shade or just keeping yourself out of the sand. Yeah, so. or get some of those, uh, like they've got the chemical heater packs, they've got the chemical cold packs too, which are great yep. if you're overheating. Yep. Yeah. So those are, yeah, like, think, you know, little things like that um, that are practical for your environment. So start with your, start with your risk assessment. What, what, is, what's, what could go wrong in your life? And, uh, and, and prep to that first. Yeah. All right. Well, coming towards the end of the episode there, Eric, you got some ups- upcoming events for us? Yeah. So uh, still got the uh, annual peppers meet coming up in Desboro, Ontario. Uh, runs July 11th to the 14th. So if you check out uh, annualpreppersmeet.com, still buy your tickets and uh, come out for a great weekend full of all kinds of great information and uh, great training sessions. And uh, yeah, just a fun, uh, fun weekend of uh, camping and getting to talk to and meet a lot of like-minded people and, and learning a lot of different skills from, uh, from everybody with all kinds of different experience. So again, uh, annual peppers meet July 11th to 14th. Cool. I've got the Western Canada hot springs meet, uh, coming up later this month, May 25th, 26th, uh, after the May long weekend at Slowcut hot springs, a uh, little bit of campcraft discussion to meet up for like-minded people, a bit of an adventure to get there as well. Um, I actually have a couple people coming so far, so that's good. Um, a couple groups of people anyway, so, uh, should be a few vehicles there. Um, also, this is a save the date thing. So July 6th, podcaster charity shoot, Drumheller, Alberta. Everyone's welcome. Uh, planned events include a maple seed course, a stop the bleed class held by Gavin. Yeah, I'll be fun. there. You can come meet me in person. I'll learn, I'll learn you some stuff. If I come, can I have your autograph? That's, absolutely. Depends on where you want to sign. I'll actually probably be out your neck of the woods uh, in a couple of weeks. Right on. Shoot me an email. We'll uh, we'll come. We'll we'll grab a beer. Yeah. And then uh, well, it's also a bit of a shooting competition as well. Then this year's charity. I just actually found out the uh, 
charity that everything's going towards is the Big Country Anti-Violence Association. So I included a uh, link to the website that they're uh, involved with there. And I guess if you want to buy tickets to the Podcaster Charity Shoot, you have to go on Facebook and there's a link there as well. You can also, if you if you look, if you do want to come out to do the Stop the Bleed thing, currently I'm running two sessions a morning and an afternoon. If you find Ragnarok Tactical on Facebook, you can follow the links through to that. And both of those are there, and it'll take you to Eventbrite, and you can buy your ticket for that. I'm doing it for uh, $40, which all the proceeds are going to the charities. Cool. You get to learn awesome. cool stuff. You'll learn to put tourniquets on, and you're going to actually put tourniquets on. Yeah, Some it's... of the other instructors don't do that because they're weird. I do that to dispel the myth that you're going to have to amputate the limb if you put a tourniquet on, even for 10 seconds. The, uh, the the company that I teach for, um, we are prohibited from doing that, which doesn't mean that I don't. It just means that I could get in trouble if I out myself to whom, to whomever that is. But um, no, they, they're not allowed. They, they say we're not allowed to because it is potentially dangerous. When I did the Stop the Bleed here at LHSC, uh, it was mandatory to do it on ourselves and on on our on yeah. some, somebody else in the no. class. Yeah, I, and, I, I make everyone do it because man, you, that's you why need, we have insurance. Yep. The biggest between reading about it and doing it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess we move on to the shout outs. Uh, Alan, you got some? Yep. I give a shout out to my nine year old son. He was uh he's in bed now, but he was uh, he spent the afternoon and night with me tonight unexpectedly. It was great. Uh, he's a budding prepper which I uh, which I really appreciate. Uh first aid fiend, he's uh he's he's learned how to uh um, how to put on tourniquets, and he feels that I should carry a tourniquet every time I go to one of his hockey games, just in case somebody skates over his face. Probably, yeah. Just an all, just an all-around kid. So he's uh, he's gonna he's gonna listen to this uh, another day. Uh, my daughter may or may not be listening to this. She was uh, she was on the fence as to whether she was gonna tune in live, but if she's out there, hey kiddo, love you. Uh, and uh, that's uh, that's who I've got for this week. Awesome. I was going to give a, a quick shout out to uh, everyone who's joining us on the live feed. Uh, I've noticed the last couple of episodes, it's starting to grow and uh, we appreciate everybody coming out to uh, to watch us live as we're uh, recording this and throwing in their two cents as we go along. So much appreciated. Oh, Jesus, totally missed the YouTube comments there in the last couple of minutes. There's been quite a few there, hasn't there? There has been, yeah. Oh, holy cow. Oh, I just turned oh. it on my phone. The disdain for the listeners is reaching levels of the other CPP on this. One. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the uh, if I got one for the traveling prepper who gave me uh, some uh, back and forth today with the vehicle gear discussion, um, his loadout's very well organized to the point where I think he's got Excel spreadsheets going with weight, uh, loadout distance, or you know expiry dates, the whole works. He's He's got it to the the godlike level of organization. So that's fantastic. Prepper, prepper artiste, if you will. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, iTunes reviews, Eric. You got a new one there, do you? Uh, so we are still at what we were last episode. Uh, Nineteen five stars. Uh, one uh, four star, but you know, don't uh, don't worry about that little guy. Um, the uh, email has been quiet uh, since the last couple of episodes. Still no emails, uh, no reviews, uh, or new ones anyways, on iTunes or Podbean. So uh, if you're out there listening, send us an email. We're, we're getting lonely. Yep. <laughs> all right. I, I feel like knowing that this is all worth something. Yep. Yeah. Well, interestingly, it is because uh, we started up that MAG episode, and uh, we put a MAG section on the International Preppers Network. And I got my first bite, so I've uh, I've got huh. uh, one one guy in uh, in contact with me for Vancouver Island, so that's good. Uh, hopefully, we'll meet up soon. So awesome. I should I should give a quick shout out to Laz there. He should uh, be uh, listing up 
one of these days, he said he's going to start listening to the podcast. So, great. Yeah. Well, well, you, I mean, people will be able to meet you live and in person at the charity <laughs> shoot as well. Right. Yeah. If they want to make the drive out to uh, Drummond Hill, it'd be awesome. Maybe we'll have some yeah. swag for them by then. We'll see. Yep. Ooh. It's in the works. We're working on that. So, yeah. uh, Eric, you want to take over the outro? Yeah, sure. I showed up late, but I'll do the outro. <laughs> so I'll bring uh, episode number 22 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Take a few minutes. Submit a review. It helps other people find us. Uh, you can also find us at prepperpodcast.ca. And we do record these shows live on YouTube chats. Um, again, thanks to everybody who's tuning into that. If you want to look at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Island Retreat. Click on the notifications tab, and that will give you an alert when we are going live. Uh, you can contact me directly. Uh, find me on Instagram at PPSWO. Oh, and you can find Gavin Gavin at Urbex underscore GTA, also on Instagram. Yeah. Better, actually, uh, quick. Uh, if you're around for the long weekend, Victoria Day weekend, I'll be doing a Stop the Bleed class in Mississauga. So find yeah, me. Cool. Come on out. I'll teach uh, you stuff. To find that, Gavin, is it uh, through Ragnarok or is it going to be on Facebook? Uh, it's yeah. If you find me on Ragnarok Tactical on Facebook, or you can find my personal uh, Instagram account or the Ragnarok one. All the info is on both of those things. So sounds good. We're multifaceted like that. That's right. You're on all the social medias. Yeah. I, sadly, I had to join one today. It's kind of a sad day for me, actually. <laughs> Which one? I had to go on Facebook to uh, to do it. Yeah, yeah I, I'm in in the, in the works to uh, to to hopefully become a field officer for the CCFR. And so one of the things is they require private messaging on Facebook. So I was like, uh, welcome yeah. to the addiction. Yeah, well, no, I'm just going to lock that thing right tight down and hopefully not uh, not do too much other than the CCFR work. If assuming they'll help me anyway. So yeah. Anyway, so as far as myself, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at the Island Retreat at gmail.com. You can also find me giving my two cents worth uh, with Gavin on Canadian Patriot Podcast, also available on iTunes and YouTube. There you can find us discussing the merits of a freer society, exploring ever more government waste, and scrolling off on the odd tactically driven conversation. And you can uh, find me at rapidsurvival.com on the live chat. Uh, you can also email me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca and uh, let me know if uh, there's any topics you want us to cover off on uh, future episodes or anything that you like that we're doing or you don't like. Either way, any kind of email works. And uh, yeah, so thanks for joining us. And uh, you can tune in for the next episode. Uh, debrief on the Bracebridge flooding. So, yeah, uh, we, have, we have some local uh, boots on the ground there. We'll give us some lowdown on what happened there. It should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good episode. So uh, until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. Mm-hmm.